Jacob had been excluded from our school. He was a bully and a thug. He was mean like barbed wire, dangerous like broken glass. Everyone was scared of him. I think the teachers had been looking for just one more bad thing, one more reason, before they could exclude him. I was the person who'd given them that reason. I was the one who'd got Johnny Kemp kicked out of school. That's why he wanted to get me back. I looked down at the Baxter brothers waiting on the street outside. They were Johnny Kemp's best friends. I went as close to the window as I dared and peered both ways along our street. There was an old man walking his dog. There was a woman starting to scrape the ice off her car's windscreen. I couldn't see Kemp anywhere. Was he hidden behind one of the parked cars? Or was he waiting out of sight around the corner? I reckoned Neil and Matty Baxter were here to grab me, and dragged me to where Kemp was waiting. He was somewhere he could kick me in without anyone seeing. Somewhere he could take all the time he needed. Where are you? I asked Gary over the phone. At the bus stop on the corner, he said. I saw the Baxter brothers, but no way did I want them to see me. Is Kemp there too? I wanted to know. I can't see him, Gary said, but I bet he's nearby somewhere. I gripped the phone. I gritted my teeth. I walked up and down my mum's room. Dan? Gary asked. Dan, you still there? What are you going to do? I don't know what I can do, I said. If I was you, Gary told me, I'd start saying I was ill. I'd tell my mum I had smallpox or scarlet fever or something. Anything just so I didn't have to go to school today. If I was you, Dan, I'd make sure I stayed ill for a really, really long time. Being ill at home has got to be better than being dead at school. Chapter 2 Mum Wait there, I told Gary. I'll call you back. I pushed the button to end the call and shoved my phone into my pocket. Then I went downstairs to the kitchen. My mum was standing at the sink with her back to me as I came in the door. She was wearing her red dressing gown that was easily as old as I was. Her curly blonde hair was here, there and everywhere on her head. On the table behind her was a half-empty mug of coffee and a half-full ashtray. She turned when she heard me. She looked tired but then she always looked tired. Mum, I said. Mum, listen. I was in a hurry to tell her my problems. I asked you to do these dishes last night, she said. She had the sleeves of her dressing gown pushed up to her elbows and soap suds on her hands. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry, I said. I was going to do them, but always but with you, isn't it, Dan? Always but. I felt bad then. I mumbled another sorry. Mum worked in a posh hotel in town. A meal there cost more than she got paid. She'd been on the late shift again last night and hadn't come home until midnight. Did you even bother to tidy your bedroom? She asked. I didn't answer. I looked at my feet. She dried her hands on her dressing gown. Some help from you would be nice, Dan, she said. Just a little bit now and again. We talked about this when your dad left. You said you understood. I moved from one foot to the other. 
I hated it when she talked about Dad. Is your brother up yet? She asked. Don't know, I said. I think so. Well, could you make sure he is then, please? Her voice was sharp. We're all going to be late if we don't get a move on. I could see she wasn't in a good mood. Not with me or anyone else this morning. But it was now or never. I had to ask. Mom, is it okay if I don't go to school today? She didn't answer. She had her back to me and filled the kettle at the tap to make more coffee. I watched her plug the kettle in, waiting for her to answer me. Mom? Of course you've got to go to school, she said. But Mom, listen, I began. The kettle made a small grumbling noise as the water inside began to boil. When she turned to look at me, she was angrier than ever.